Have you wondered about living elsewhere after you retire? Well, we have almost daily. As you know, it is not an overnight decision. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about places to consider living in during your retirement. Hey, guess what, folks? I retired. Oh, my goodness. This July 2021. I'm so sorry, Jean. I wish you could join me in the freedom, but you have a few more years for that pension. I don't think you're that sorry. I am. Can't you tell? We embarked on certain for a new place to move for our retirement. We made a trip to Winter Park, Florida in February of 2020, came home and said, mm, maybe not for us. As we were planning for the next trip, the pandemic arrived. Jean then came up with this brilliant idea of doing a podcast to find out what others are doing. With so many baby boomers retiring, many must be relocating. So why not connect with them and pick their brains? Here's a little background about us. I'm Asian, born in Brazil and grew up in in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney turned podcaster. Oh man, I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> yes, I, you are. <laughs> thanks. I recently retired from my job practicing higher education law within a university. No more students, faculty, or staff. Whoa, this is going to be great. <laughs> I love the college environment, but what do I honestly love even more? Hmm, sleeping in, not setting an alarm, staying up all hours, binging crime drama, and silly romantic comedies, developing the podcast, volunteering. Okay, let me stop. More to come, people. More to come. Jane? I'm not Asian. And as Gil mentioned, I'm not retired. I'm just plain tired. <laughs> I'm sorry. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I've always wanted to leave. We've lived in Brooklyn, New York for many years and have been thinking about our future home. I'm a law librarian working in a court who loves his job, but we're retired by the time we select our ideal location. Mm, don't know about that. <laughs> We've been speaking to folks from all around the country and world who have moved to their dream venues and more. So please stay tuned. And remember, if you know anyone who has moved anywhere for retirement, let us know. Hello, everyone. Today, we'll be chatting with Julie Sosinski about Hayward, Wisconsin and Bonita Springs, Florida, but mostly Hayward. Hayward is located in the upper northwest region of the state. Apparently, there's an annual nationwide competition for the best Main Street. It'll be its sixth year this December. This event supports local businesses and what they bring to the venue. Hey, Jean, did you know that small businesses employ 77 million Americans? Love those small shops. Yeah, I know you always say shop local. Hayward has been competing and has made it to the top 10 amongst downtowns across America with those big cities and everyone else. Well, that's quite an accolade. Now, here's something fascinating. Hayward is also home to the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame. So it's only natural that they would also have the world's largest muskie standing at 143 feet long and 41 feet tall. The fiberglass structure of a muskie holds names of world record holders in fishing across the world. Over 3000 entries. Boy, when I saw that thing yesterday, I didn't think it was real. Oh, man. You can check out the names and climb the steps to show yourself from the muskie's mouth, four stories off the ground. It's a popular place to get your picture taken. Of course, how can one resist? This fish also holds the title of the world's largest fiberglass structure. So you're getting two from one in terms of world's largest distinctions. All right, Gene, we're going to have to check it out with Max. We right. keep going to these Hall of Fame, but this is much more interesting than basketball. No, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. I'll get killed. You know how I love, love these large structures, like a yeah. big elephant in New Jersey? Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that thing. That one's really cool, too. <laughs> well, here's a little background about our guest. Julie was born and raised in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and resided in Superior, Wisconsin, near the shores of Lake Superior, for most of her life. In the early 2010s, her husband took a job at the Backen oil field in North Dakota, and the couple moved to a home near the oil field. In 2011, they purchased a condo in Bonita Springs, Florida. Her grandparents had been snowbirds and then full-time residents there, so she's familiar with the community as she has visited frequently. The idea was once they retired, they'd sell their home in North Dakota, move back to Wisconsin to purchase a lake home in the woods near Hayward, 
allowing them to reside in Wisconsin most of the year and snowboard to Florida for a few months each winter. In 2017, Julie's husband tragically died from a work accident. She was devastated, and her future instantly became a question mark, as did her retirement plans. Ultimately, Julie decided to stay in North Dakota for at least a few more years. Julie eventually met a new partner. In 2020, she purchased a lake home 30 minutes southeast of Hayward, Wisconsin, fulfilling the dream of her and her late husband. Julie isn't retired quite yet, Jane, but considers herself in the red zone of retirement, think football. She spent many years in the medical field, but she currently works at a microbrewery where she hands out free samples of beer, among other duties. Her interests include fishing, camping, hiking, swimming, boating and kayaking, gardening, cooking, and travel. So, Julie, welcome to Retire There. We know you were a Wisconsin native, but moved away and now purchasing in Hayward again. Why Wisconsin? And specifically, why Hayward? Please tell us. Hi there. Um, Hayward, mostly because we had lived about two hour and a half, two hours from the Hayward Lakes area. Um, we had vacation there frequently, just spent time there. Being near Lake Superior, the weather can be <laughs> very volatile. It can go from 85 degrees in the summer to 55 a few minutes later if the wind decides to switch out of the east and bring that cool breeze across the lake and onto shore. So being away from the lake, as in Hayward, we could escape that. It would be a much warmer summer, a climate that you could cone on, let's say. It wasn't so drastic. So we got to know that area. And being that I like to fish, it was a natural to want to be there eventually, where we could just just walk off the pier some, you know, at our lake home and, and fish whenever we felt like it. That was our dream. So when my husband passed, I eventually met Bob and Bob is actually fish crazy. And so he and I will definitely be doing a lot of fishing there. He actually is a muskie fisherman as well. And as you wow. said in your introduction, he'll be right at home there. We're right near the Chippewa Flowage, which is just Southeast of Hayward a bit. And we're on the Southeast corner of the chip, as they say, the, it's, it's a class A muskie area that Chippewa Flowage is. And the lake that we're on is actually a class B muskie lake as well. Someone took a 52-inch muskie from those waters a year or two before I bought the home there. Of course, released it. And unfortunately, it didn't survive. So they know it was at, at they know it was recorded at 52 inches. So not a bad fish for a class B lake. So, oh my goodness. You know, that's for those of us who aren't fish aficionados, <laughs> ooh, I like that. Can you tell us what the difference is between class A, class B, and how does that happen? The ranking comes by the population of that particular species. Class A, the lake is going to probably be larger. And it's um, not necessarily though, but it's going to have a larger, the population of that species is going to be a larger fish, um, more towards a trophy size. And then a class B would be a smaller size of right. that whatever species. So. so class A, we're talking about heavy duty, like how many pounds? I don't even know pound wise. Oh, oh it's, it's measured everything. by length, right? Inches, right. yeah. So, okay. you know, okay. Bob's, Bob's largest is 49 and a half. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, especially since I'm only four foot 10 to think that that fish <laughs> is as big as me. So yes, that. <laughs> It's quite impressive. Yes. Okay. But there's so much to do there beyond fishing as well. It's just a total recreation area. It's a, it's the true Northern Wisconsin experience. Mm -hmm. um, it's very quiet. We're on such a peaceful area. The lake is so quiet. We're about a mile off the county road on a dead end. It just doesn't get, I wow. honestly, when I'm outside on my cell phone speaking, I almost feel like I'm disturbing the peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love that. So quiet. Yeah. So nice. We have, we have deer and turkey and all kinds of critters in our yard every day. There are elk in the area. I haven't spotted one yet, mm -hmm. as well as uh, black bears, too. 
lots of coyotes, some wolves. A friend of mine posted a picture the other day on Facebook. She's a few miles north and west of of where I am. Her daughter spotted a, a black wolf, which is quite rare. Oh so goodness. yeah, they she got a good picture of it too. But there's plenty to do. Hayward also has in the winter. It's actually one of the most winter friendly like places in a northern the upper Midwest, they have um, the Birkebeiner ski race every February. People come from all over the world. It's a cross-country ski race. It's a lot of fun, even if you don't ski. So that's a really popular place to be. And then in, in the end of either the end of July into early August, depending on what weekend or how the calendar falls that year, they also have the Lumberjack Championships. Wow. And that's actually, yeah, I've I've seen ESPN there. Filming that. Yeah, they the Lumberjack Championships. So they they have a venue there that they use for that. And when they're not doing that championship weekend, they do have lumberjack exhibits in the town of Hayward um, a couple days a week during the summer when tourism is at its peak. Oh, wow. and nice. that's the lumberjack village, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what the, the venue is called the Lumberjack Village. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you guys are pretty up north. What's the weather, yes. would you say, year-round? Oh, in That's... the summertime, it's fabulous. Great sleeping weather at night. The lows are usually low 60s, upper 50s. The daytime highs, uh, usually like July would be upper 70s, low 80s. Probably wow. an average temp of 78, I would say, in July. The falls are just astounding. They're, the the foliage is it's breathtaking. It's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. We can take drives in the country or along this North shore or South shore of Lake Superior, which the North shore obviously is in Minnesota, but it's just absolutely gorgeous mm-hmm. with, we have so many maples. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of bright reds Nice, and yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Wow. <laughs> so that brings a lot of tourism in too. just people wanting to rent a cabin for the weekend so they can take a walk in the woods and take a drive, go to a, a pumpkin patch or a, a fall festival. Nice. Very common in the fall. Mm-hmm. And how long are the winters? Does it get, you know, <laughs> below, below? Oh, yeah. No, the winters can can start early and go kind of long. It just depends. Okay. Like right now there has, they, they had a dusting of snow a few days ago in here and there in northwestern Wisconsin. It's gone. It just, it's just a dusting. We're in November and th- that wouldn't be unusual nope. to have some snow, right? Because deer hunting is such a big thing. It's like, it's pretty much a state holiday. Yeah. It, it th- That starts the Saturday before Thanksgiving and goes until the Sunday after Thanksgiving. The hope is to have some snow so that the deer can be tracked. That's, that's helpful. Especially if, if one has been struck they need to track it. It's easier to see blood on stark white snow than it is on fallen leaves. So yeah, we always hope for some snow by then. And it doesn't always happen. But the, the predominantly by November, the end of November into December, you should have some snow. One year, living in Superior, Wisconsin, raising the children, 30 years ago this past Halloween, we had quite the blizzard. It was very unusual. The lake was still wide open, of course. It, it seldom ever freezes over. Lake Superior doesn't. But it was the water was quite warm yet because it was only late October. So a front decided to stall over the lake. It snowed pretty much for about three days straight. Wow. And at the end of it, we measured in at 37 inches. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was very unusual. So okay. needless to say... We had snow early on that lasted until probably April when things start to, our snowiest month can often be March. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so it, it does go through quite like about five months right. winter. Okay. Like my father used to say though, the later the visit, the shorter the stay. Oh. So the March <laughs> snows would come, but, and they were often blizzard. Like my oldest son, his birthday is uh, the 8th of March and he he was born in a blizzard. We often had a blizzard type storm around his birthday. Wow. Many years. So March could be, a, it can be a very snowy month. But like I said, that's mm-hmm. uh, dad always said, the later the visit, the shorter the stay. <laughs> because like a few weeks later, we can be, you know, no snow at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And you're into spring. So the four seasons you actually, you feel, I guess. We have 
four true seasons. Yes. Can you tell us about the affordability of like what would a future retiree look at in terms of cost of homes? Home-wise, it just depends, I guess, on what, if you want to just be out in the country, if uh, you want to be on water, it's going to be significantly different. Um, You can get a lot more home for the money if you're not on water. And of course, Mm -hmm. your property taxes will reflect that as well. But yeah, you can you can be on, well, I shouldn't say anything. Up until recently, you could probably get a fairly nice house on a lake in that neck of the woods for $350 and up. So that's a bargain for a lot of people in mm-hmm. other areas of the country. One of the big perks to living in Wisconsin is there's no state tax on your social security in Wisconsin. Oh, nice. And if you're um, retired from the military and you collect a pension, you don't pay state tax on that as well. So yeah, those are two benefits. Um, okay. Property taxes are dependent on, you know, every county is a little different. In Hayward, I think it's relatively affordable. It just, you know, it, it depends. Like my property has 10 acres of land and I have a thousand feet of lakeshore. Mine are going to be a little higher, but that's yeah. what I wanted. So it's right. worth it to me. Yeah. So it just depends. I mean, if you have a smaller lot, Mm-hmm. And you're on water, you're going to pay much less. You're going to pay. I mean, I've, I, we saw properties where they were twelve, fifteen hundred dollars a year and they were mm-hmm. on water. Okay. But if you have a substantial amount of land, you're going to probably pay closer to $2,500, $3,500, $4,500. But it sounds like even if you have a good size property on the lake, you might not pay more than 5000 a year. Oh, no, you wouldn't. Oh, no, there's oh. very. No. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. No, because our listeners are always, you know, curious as well as sure. us. I mean, we pay here in Brooklyn, um, believe it or not, we pay about seven, seven, seven a year. But, you know, in other parts of um, the suburbs, they pay a lot more. Yeah, they pay double, a lot more in suburbs. That. It's more than double. Yeah. Wow. So it really, you know, crazy, we, we, yeah. we want to give people an idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you live on near the lake, how close are you or far? to grocery store? Is it walkable? You know, talk to us about that. You know, and and everybody can pick their location. We wanted something that was kind of off the grid, as Mm. you could say. We wanted total privacy. You know, (laughs) the closest store is probably about 12 minutes down the road. There's a little mommy pops grocery store in the small town of Winter, Wisconsin. Hayward is, you know, 25, 30 minutes away. Rice Lake is about an hour. In Rice Lake, we'd have some of your bigger retailers. You would have like Hobby Lobby and Kohl's along with things like Walmart and whatnot. Hayward's great because there is also a lot of small shops, like we talked about, Mm -hmm. family-owned businesses that we can can utilize there too. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's nice. And then Duluth Superior is, well, from Hayward, it's about an hour and a half. So about two hours from my back door to the Duluth Superior area. And there's just everything you could need and more. So a lot of my, I used all of those businesses in the past, including a lot of my medical and my dentist and everything. They're still there and I still use them. I will drive back for my medical care often, not for everything, but yeah, I do. I'm still there in a lot of ways, present, just not (laughs) living there. Like we'll go back during Thanksgiving the dock has already been brought in, so we don't have to do that. But there's, we have a substantial amount of garage space there compared to here. So we store some of our things in there. Mm-hmm. And we actually, I do rent it when I'm not there. So, okay. So um, currently, as we're recording, you're in where? I'm in Western North Dakota. All right. We just wanted the listeners to know. I'm basically <laughs> retired. I'm just waiting for Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just have this little fun job that I do. And, you know, a couple of days a week, a couple of hours a day. Mm-hmm. And it gives me, a, it was, it was a lifesaver after I lost my husband. It gave me some structure to my week and got me out and had a little reason to push me out the door. Sure. Sure. Well, That's no, what I you want, Gil. Understand. That's what I, yeah, I, um, I retired about, I don't know, four months now, and I'm waiting for Jean to retire. You know, it's very different when I guess you're both retired because like you say, you kind of feel a little lost. You know, I, for a couple of days, and I still do occasionally get a little, I'm just kind of off, you know? So I figured, let me, let me join the gym, but that didn't help at all. I didn't go. Yeah. So it'd be nice when both of you are on the same wavelength. Yeah. So Gil wants to find a job where she can exercise and get paid a little money. 
Yeah. I, thing, my job, I put in about 12,000 steps a day at my job. Wow. Mm, yeah. Great. That is perfect. So yeah, that I can do, I can put on a couple miles just over lunch hour. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, I kind of feel like when I come home, I feel like I've gotten paid to exercise. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly my point. That's exactly mm-hmm. my point. Yeah. So right. I apply to the Home Depot. Yeah. And I got called. I'm going to be a fulfillment associate. If I go through with this all, I will be a fulfillment. So all I do is for the folks who place orders online, I will make sure that they get pulled, loaded onto the truck and all the steps in between. So I'm going to be running around that huge Home Depot. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be quitting my uh, Planet Fitness very soon. Yeah, there you go. You won't need it. Yeah. So, so Julie, tell us, you need a car then. It sounds like you need a car uh, where you live uh, in Hayward (laughs) if you're going to need stuff for the home, right? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And how how far is this closest supermarket? They said the winter Wisconsin is about 12 minutes down the road. They have a little IGA store, a lot of cute little mom and pop shops there, a couple that are empty that I'm hoping people buy and Mm -hmm. make into restaurants or businesses. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of struggles like a lot of small towns have. But here's the thing. There are many more people coming to rural America. Yes. That has reflected a lot, of course, in the lack of housing to be purchased in that area this year versus last year and the year before. Mm -hmm. So two years ago, Bob and I went and spent a week, the week after Labor Day at a a fishing resort kind of place on the Chippewa Flowage. We were there for a week. Seeing that it was after Labor Day, the families were gone. So it was mostly uh, people of our age group, couples. During the course of the week, you know, we get done eating or I'm sorry, we get done fishing and we go uh, to eat, have a drink, whatever. Got to have a brandy old fashioned in Wisconsin. <laughs> so anyway, we'd go, we'd go, go in and socialize with other people. And we found out that all the other couples there were from Illinois. Oh, and every wow. single one of them said that when they retired, they were moving to rural Wisconsin, northern Wisconsin. Wow. That was unity. Yeah. In the last year or two, there has been a huge influx of people leaving Illinois, retired and not, as well as Minneapolis area, predominantly Minnesota, but mostly the Twin Cities area. Wow, a lot of city. Um, mm -hmm. Big city, big city people going to rural areas. Wisconsin is their choice in many for many of them. I always call it Paul Bunyan's backyard. Um, (laughs) Being that I'm on the well. There's so many trees. The forest is immense there. Uh, A lot of national forests in that area too. So I've been on the prairie now for almost about going on 10 years. So it's a lot of trees there and I miss those trees. So it's, I always tell everyone I'm going to move to Paul Bunyan's backyard. (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. It sounds so nice. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. It is is nice. (laughs) It's that quiet, peaceful Low population. Yeah. I mean, in the summertime, it gets bumper to bumper in that little town of Hayward in the summertime on the weekend. What about, um, you you talked a little about healthcare. Can you talk more about healthcare? Where's where's the nearest hospital? How far is that? Oh, there's a lot of, actually a lot of good medical care in the area. Marshfield, which isn't far away, that's 45 minutes or so. They have an outstanding clinic and hospital there. We're about an, a little over an hour away from Eau Claire, maybe an hour and 15 minutes or so. And then Duluth Superior, your regional health care there. You're not too far from Minneapolis, which means that you're not too far from the Mayo Clinic. Oh, wow. So, That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mayo, okay. Two and a half hours, two hours and 15 minutes or so to Minneapolis and probably another, what, 45 minutes to Rochester from there. That wouldn't be so out of the way. If you would need something, yeah. we need something big. <laughs> yeah. Right that, right. that wouldn't be, it would be close Big-ish. enough under in, those circumstances. Yeah. In the town of Hayward, though, I assume there are physicians that you can easily oh, yeah. get, right? Yeah. It, you know, if you have like a bad cold, but you're not sure and you want to get yourself checked. I mean, is that easily attainable? Oh, yeah. There's, oh, there's healthcare there. In fact, there's a couple of the doctors that I utilize in the Twin Ports actually spend most of their time living in the Hayward area. Oh, oh wow. Okay. For the medical professionals, we have quite a few of the Mayo doctors that frequent that area and then eventually just said, you know what, we're going to live here. 
That's between good. Duluth Superior and the and Northwestern Wisconsin. Yeah. So we. Have but if you did have to fly out, where's the nearest international airport or nearest airport? You could use Eau Claire. You could use. How far Minnie. is that from Hayward? So Eau Claire, probably about an hour, hour and fifteen minutes, hour and twenty minutes from from Hayward, or actually from Hayward, it'd be a little more. For, I'm thinking from my house, it'd be a couple hours from Hayward, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. an hour and a half maybe. It's interstate. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Um, about two and a half hours from Minneapolis. Duluth Superior is an hour and a half from Hayward. So the Duluth International Airport. I will use Minneapolis um, as often as possible. When I did live there in the past, that's where I could get amazing airfare rates out of Minneapolis. Okay. It's Delta's hub. Uh, it's just always, yeah. Okay. It's always been a good, good market for a good price. Okay. Oh. I did look into it. it. It's not a lot more expensive to go out of like say Eau Claire either, you know, $70 more to fly out of Eau Claire. But Eau Claire sounds like it's an hour and a half away from your lake home. You could travel pretty much around the States, right? But if you wanted to go international, it sounds like you'd go to Minneapolis. Well, Eau Claire would take you to Minneapolis. So, Oh, so there's a connecting flight. You don't have to. These smaller towns take you to the larger towns. That's all that happens. Right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Okay. No, we're trying to get a sense for those who wish to travel a lot internationally. They might mm-hmm. want to be something closer. So we're trying to get a sense of yeah. what it's like to live on a lake. Obviously, you're not going to have an international next door because right. then you don't want to live there. <laughs> What's the point? So skipping to my Southwest Florida life. One of the biggest things I tell people when they look to retire, especially if they're going to do a sunshine location like Florida or Arizona, make sure you're in a close proximity to a decent airport because you're going to be there often if you have friends and family flying it. When my late husband was alive, he would fly down every month. His work schedule allowed him about, he would take about 12 days. So he would come down, he'd be there, he'd fly back. I was 15 minutes from the regional Southwest airport. It's just east of Fort Myers. So that we're talking now about Bonita Springs. Yes. Right. Correct. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, I won't need to be near an airport so much in Wisconsin. The people that are coming to visit me will predominantly be driving there. Mm -hmm. Um, Should they fly in? I have no problem running to Minneapolis. Having lived out here, You know, Bob had a doctor's appointment yesterday and he traveled to Bismarck nearly three hours away. Mm -hmm. You just do that. It's just, so for us, that's nothing going to the, but when you're, when you're in a Sunbelt location, you're going to, you're going to have people wanting to come see you in the wintertime. And if you're 45 minutes or an hour, hour and a half away from an airport, and you're doing that every two weeks and you're getting older (laughs) and you're fighting traffic. That's my point. (laughs) Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to picking, in my case, that location during retirement, my winter retirement home, it was very important to be near a good airport that's mm-hmm. going to be utilized. And regional Southwest, many carriers come into that airport. And okay. So like you say, that's the one near Fort Myers, right? Correct. Yeah. And that's only, it's only about 15 minutes from from my condo oh, to wow. RSW. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. That's Maybe, you know, five minutes more in crazy traffic, but not really. Pop on the interstate and yep. I go a few miles up and boom, I'm there. Yeah. It's a small airport, but it mm-hmm. handles a lot of people really well. And so one, besides the weather, one of the big differences, I think, between your Florida home and your Wisconsin home is that Florida, you can get traffic, especially in the wintertime, right? Oh, yeah. Population is, yeah. There's the influx of people, you know, for those winter months, the snowbirds coming in, it just changes life there a lot. My grandparents that were snowbirds there for many, many years, they were married 77 years and they retired in their 50s. They had a lake home in East Central Wisconsin. They wintered in the Bonita Springs area too. As they got older, they became full-time residents when they got to the point where they couldn't travel back and forth. Yeah, so they they were there. But when I was going to see them when I was young, that whole area was so undeveloped compared to now. It's it's not even, it's night and day, just absolutely. It was a lot of farmland back then and grazing area. Wow, and I don't think was, Florida as a farm. 
Yeah. I know, but it was, you know, well, actually though, I, but, I believe the largest ranch in America is located in Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have a lot of cattle in, in, in yes. uh, central Florida. Yeah. Still. Yes. Oh, yes. Cattle yes. Theory, very ranchy. Yes. Yeah. So, people don't realize that. Yeah. So what's the cost of housing like in Bonita Springs? Can you share that with us? Well, I bought my, my late husband and I, we bought when the market fell. So mm-hmm. obviously things were a little, a lot different than um, yeah. anybody that was going to retire in the next 10 years and had any plans of doing something in Florida should have jumped on that bandwagon right there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because now you're talking, everything's four and five and six times what it was then. Wow. That was just such a golden opportunity. People that took advantage of it, it was honestly, I, I had hoped we could afford something someday in Florida. That made it pretty much possible for anybody to own right. something in Southwest. Right, right, right. It was it was apples and oranges. But you can in my condo complex, which it's not a poshy community. I'm there for the weather. I don't need to put on any airs or you know, I don't have to go go through my gated my gate in a any Mercedes Benz or a <laughs> or not even that. Let's say a Rolls Royce like I see the next one up, you know. There's people <laughs> that I see coming through their gate all the time. Yeah. Wow. And their rules, you know. There are more millionaires in Southwest Florida than per capita than anywhere else in America. There is that. But um mine is not that way. It's pretty much retired. Oh gosh, we have retired GM workers and we have people that at postal carrier, um, you know, just blue collar mostly. You can still get a one bedroom condo in my complex for probably 120 or 30. Okay. Okay. Good to know. And you know, people, people fret a little bit over HOA fees, but you know, Bob and I were talking the other day and I said, I wish people would stop to realize that if you're going to pay three, $400 a month or more, you know, many are much, Mm -hmm. much more than that. But if you were like my water and sewage is included, there's a pool there, there's tennis courts. I don't have to do lawn work. They just replaced the roof that was out of, you know, I don't have to worry about any of those things. Well, if you were paying a lawn service every week and you had a pool guy and you had to pay a water bill and you had to pay a sewage bill, I would think that that would come to close to $400 right there. So what are your HOAs in Bonita? Sure. So a two bedroom, two bath, you're probably going to pay I would guesstimate six, seven hundred dollars or less. I in my community are probably a two bedroom is like four fifty or four. Mm, okay. Yeah. And you said you have tennis courts. Do you have pickleball court? They use it for that as well. Okay. So there's no golf course, and you're going to pay. I mean, if you're on in a community where there's, you know, where it's two hundred acres, you're going to pay a lot more in HOA fees than you are. In a community that's 20 acres, it's yeah. it's pretty obvious, you know? Yeah, 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 of and, course. And how far are you from the beach? Off season <laughs> and what time of the day? It I can be there in about 10 minutes if it's um not during rush hour and or it's off season. I like to get up early and go before others. I like to go watch walk the beach in the morning. So you can walk from your condo to the beach in about 10 oh, minutes? Oh, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Okay. No, I have to drive there. Okay. And how far is that? 10 or 12 minutes if it's not season or if it's an off time of the day. Like if you get up in the early morning, it's only going to take you 10, 12 minutes. Gotcha. By car. Right. Okay. Okay. As the crow flies, I'm very near the water. It's just that that bay doesn't, we don't utilize that part of the bay. Right. Estero Bay is large. So it goes, you know, from Fort Myers all the way down, you know, into Benita. It's a very large area. We don't have bridges that mm-hmm. just go over. If I could just go down my road to the end of my road there and go on a bridge, I could be at the beach in probably five minutes, four minutes. But then like but, you said, you have to find the parking, right? And that could be another little. And they do have some areas. I know Collier County, just in the south, they have like a parking permit you can get. They used to do it in Benita because my aunt also lived there for many, many years. There used to be like a parking pass. So some counties have... um like a prepaid parking permit thing. And sometimes you get a place and there's no no fee for parking because I've been there so long. I kind of know the ropes and where to go. So right, right. I don't know what to do so, to avoid some of these things. And have you been to the Everglades Wonder Gardens where the botanical gardens are? Oh, absolutely. It's How Benita. is that? It's it's very old Florida. Now that's right uh-huh. in Benita, right in Benita Springs. It's very much like something that 
you an attraction that would have been and was it actually was. I remember when I was a little girl, it stayed alive. And now a lot of us just utilize it just to keep it alive. Our main thing is, oh, if we have guests, we'll take them there, especially if it's the day that they feed the crocodiles. Oh, I um, love that. <laughs> I should say alligators. That's pretty interesting. So that's what I love about Gatorland in Orlando. I love that place. No Disney World for me. I love Gatorland. <laughs> um, and, and I'm not... Being in Southwest Florida, I'm not all that far from um, the Everglades. And just, oh. just a short, you know, you bug right. down in Naples and head east a little bit and you're in the, you're on Alligator Alley. And if you oh take that God. Alligator, Alligator Alley, Alley and bring it to South, Florida, South Miami, and then I'm not all that far from the, from the Keys either. We could leave in the morning and be having lunch in the Keys. And so, but back to the Everglades, Wonder Gardens. How's the botanical garden part of it? How's the gardens? Is it kept up? Is it pretty? It is. It's not, it's not huge. It's not because it's older and it's, it's small. It's not as grand on the grand scale of things, you know, how things mm -hmm. have evolved into much bigger and better Florida attraction. And that's the attraction. There's a national or a state park there up the road. That is as a very interesting story. It's evolved so much. It used to be such just a sleepy little area. They were going to name Bonita Springs Survey. The surveyors that in that area came and they were going to name it Survey. And they said, no, we have to come up with something more eloquent that would drop. <laughs> <laughs> Bonita Springs sounds so much better. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't that sound? So, There's actually a little, so, play, a little business that's a great place, especially for breakfast in Bonita. It's called the Survey Cafe. And it's because of that, you know, ah, the oh, yeah. we're going to name it Survey. Yeah, 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 yeah. So is the plan to, when Bob retires, what's the split going to be? What what does that look like for you guys? Like how many months? I'll of be the different year? than him. <laughs> he won't probably spend as much time in Florida as I will. That what's depends on a few things. Like if we decide to buy a boat down there, he'll be there a lot more. <laughs> so that would, that would change the dynamics of that a lot. Mm -hmm. the, the split would be so different. Closer to me. I don't like to be down there much past April. This time of year is nice. A lot of people don't go until after Christmas because they have grandchildren or whatever. And, and that's the other plus for me. When I am in Florida, my only grandchild is in Maryland and uh, I can hop on a plane. I have flown round trip from Southwest Florida up to Maryland for $80. Nice. Wow. Nice. Round yeah, trip. Round trip. So I have literally... Like, or I've gone out to visit them and I'll, I'll book my flight for like two weeks. But in the middle of that, I'll take a week and book a trip and run down to Florida for a week. So I'll spend a few days with the family in Maryland, fly down to Florida for a week, come back, spend a few days again with them and then fly back here. I was just there for Halloween. We went trick-or-treating. So oh, it wasn't much nicer in Maryland than it wasn't here in North Dakota. <laughs> yeah, I'll we, bet. We had a nice fall. Yeah. So I will, Bob will be there probably a couple months of the year. And if the boat happens, it'll be a couple more. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't need to be, I, I do, I do not dislike winter. I just don't like seven months of it. It depends on how the weather is back home. If we have an early spring, I wouldn't spend as much time there. I do like to ice fish. So I might even, if I were to decide to be down there for four or five months, I might decide to fly back up to do some ice fishing, some cross country skiing, some snowshoeing. So you can fish year round? Sure. Ice fishing. Wow. Oh, you don't know what that is, huh, Gil? You know, I've read about it, but I was just wondering in Hayward. You, you, yeah. you need to know some people have these little houses, little huts. Yes, we do. Right? We do. Those little houses can be quite substantial nowadays. Is that right? Ice castles. Oh, gosh. Some you can spend a weekend. They're crazy. Wow. Now ours isn't ours isn't really elaborate, but it's mm -hmm. warm. <laughs> That's the warm is the goal, right? Okay. Yeah. And they go in there and they they make a hole in the ice and they fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, I've seen that and I've seen that in cartoons, but you know, to have it in real life. <laughs> so Julie, going back to Hayward, because I'm fascinated by it. For someone who isn't fish friendly or or what what other things would, what other things can a retiree look to do in Hayward sure so if you don't fish there's a ton of other things i oh, just we we enjoy just walking the trails um you nice. can take you can take a four by four on the trails you can walk the trails in the winter you can snowshoe you can cross country ski 
you, snowmobiling is huge there. Yeah. So all of those winter activities, the ice fishing, and there we go. That it's back to fishing. So it is fishing is a big thing there, but it's not the only thing. The Berkabiner ski race. I mean, that's not fishing. So, and that's, yeah, that's a huge winter event there. There's plenty to do there. The whole lake experience in the summertime, just being the boating, the kayaking. Mm. Yeah. It's just, it's endless. Visiting that just little different Mm-hmm. Little towns. It sounds beautiful. I love to go into those little towns with their little main street. And yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Big thing in Wisconsin is a Friday night fish fry. So every every restaurant pretty much is going to offer a uh, fish fry while you're socializing, waiting for that table. You better have yourself a brandy old fashioned. <laughs> That's our drink. So Wisconsin's really big on supper clubs. I don't know if you know anything about oh, wow. supper clubs. Yeah. Yeah. And there is one just east of Hayward, not kind of halfway between where we are and Hayward itself, the Chippewa Inn. And it's it's a lot of uh, clubs don't open often usually until like four or five o'clock in the afternoon. So they only sure. they only do supper, they do dinner, right? Mm-hmm. They often have a uh a salad bar or a relish tray at the table. You know, steaks and seafood are the big thing predominantly and an ice cream drink for dessert. Oh, so that's going to be like a grasshopper or a brandy Alexander. As you can see, brandy is a big deal. What's yeah. going <laughs> Is it ice cream or frozen? It keeps us warm in the winter. <laughs> yeah, really. Is it ice cream or frozen custard? I know frozen custard is big. In frozen custard is big too. If you've ever experienced a Culver's restaurant, they're from Wisconsin. My hometown of Oshkosh, there's a little drive-in to this day that has been around forever and they sell oh, wow. the foods frozen custard. Oh my goodness. Leon's driving in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Like if a president comes to town, he goes to Leon. (laughs) Anybody big goes. Yeah. So there's a lot of, there's, there's several mom and pop businesses have been around since well before I was, I was born and they're still there. So that's always fun to, to visit those when I'm there or to take friends when, when I, I come to town. And is Oshkosh where the kids clothing company is from? It is. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh. It started there. So here's a okay. little story. Here's a little story. So um, my aunt, he was a um, secretary for Oshkosh Bagash. And my mom worked there a short time when she was young too. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were a major employer in town, but you say kids clothes, let's step back. If you're older and especially if you worked or knew it had anything to do with farming in your lifetime, you would know that Oshkosh was menswear. It was right. menswear. The overalls, so right? Work clothes and overalls, yes. One day when I was about maybe second or third grade, I'm not sure. My aunt, maybe first. Anyway, my aunt said to me, I have something for you and I want you to do something. And I'm like, okay. And she showed me she had these overalls in my size. And she says, you need to wear these to school next week a few times. And then you need to tell me what kids think of these. I guess I kind of helped launch the children's line of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fun. Back when I was in high school, overalls were big. Everybody had overalls. Um, as long as you don't drop um, the back of it in the toilet when you're going. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Whatever you know, yes, we've all done it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just wearing all the Oshkosh clothes too. But, and they did, they were in Oshkosh for a long time and then they relocated to, I think, Kentucky. And then I think they went to Mexico and now they've been bought out by Carter's. Oh, Carter's Carter's children's clothing. Oh, Carter's. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I remember when I found out that um, when we found out that we were having a boy and I headed straight to Oshkosh, it was right, you know, in the city you know, you walk in and I noticed a big difference. There was so much baby girl stuff, you know, oh, not so and much then, boys. no, very little. You go over and you're like, OK, there's like, That's you know, case. I know it's so unfair. So then I was like, I had three oh, sons. I know this well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, I have a granddaughter. So, right, yeah. Right. Oh, wow. But I remember thinking, Oshkosh, you know, I always thought that they would have a ton of boy stuff because I'm right. relating it to the male and and Wisconsin, yeah. you know. And then all of a sudden I found myself defending boys, you know, because I was growing one. So then I headed straight to Baby Gap and Baby Gap okay. did it. Oh, my God. Baby Gap was that was it. I guess I, I guess they might not carry as many clothing items for boys, 
But the stuff they carry sure is cute. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. My I boys request- lived in Oshkosh. We would go to the outlet store. We could buy them. Oh. So I paid as little as $3 a pair for them 30-some mm. years ago when they were little. Yeah. Wow. Nice. <laughs> we could go to the outlet store, and there'd be some little imperfection yeah, that yeah, you yeah. couldn't even find. I know. I know. You know? Yep. That's, that's when outlet stores are real. Not like yeah, that. I know. Like <laughs> them. I'm just curious, back to the Friday fish fry, what what fish is big in Wisconsin? Okay, so Southern Wisconsin, you're going to have lake perch, yellow lake perch in like the Oshkosh area where I grew up. That was prominent fish for Friday. If you go up to Door County, which is a very big vacation area, my two sisters live there. They have what's called a fish boil and they use white fish out of ah. Lake Michigan. Yum, I love white fish. Yeah. And up north in the Hayward area, it's going to probably be just about anything. It could be cod, it could be haddock. It depends on the business and what they carry, but you're not going to get the yellow perch. I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever had a yellow perch. Oh, that's great. And it's a pan fish. So it would be like with your crappies and bluegills in that oh. family of. When I, we, we've talked about a lot, but when I was talking to you yesterday, you. You indicated that you have an idea of what retirees should do. Even before retirement, you basically said people should live their lives and just go for it. Can you talk a little more about that? Yes. This bucket list, please, people, do not wait. (laughs) My goodness. Having been widowed at 55 years old, I was on some closed Facebook pages with other widows my age, and they... So many of them were waiting to do things for, you know, when they retired, they were going to take that trip to Alaska or they were going to, which Bob and I plan to go to Alaska as well. In fact, when he retires, that'll be our first big trip. He is in the process of selling his um, 42 foot RV, his fifth wheel on order. He has a truck camper. We took a trip to Alaska a year ago in August, discovered that true adventurers are not hauling a 36 or 42 <laughs> foot something behind them. But they you, are, said, you said there's a fireplace in there, right? There were, yeah, in his 42 foot, well, it's electric. The big camper, the big RV, it had everything. It was a full-size washer and dryer. It had a, a side-by-side refrigerator, um, central vac. It had three air conditioning years. I had a garage. It had a basement. It had, oh yeah, it had, it, it had more RV? than one bathroom, okay? An RV? So How do you pull that thing around? We decided that we would downsize and Bob ordered a pickup camper. So our first adventure after Bob retires will be leaving here and heading to Alaska for the entire summer. And, and you've been there already. I actually spent an entire summer in Alaska as a child. I was 11. Wow. My dad was a teacher he was too, always working on that bucket list. So, I mean, I started when I was young because he was this guy. So some of my things were checked off as a child because I had an adventurous father who loved to travel and fish. Right. Yeah. Wait, how, how many states have you been to? I'm at 46. Cool. Wow. Yeah. But a lot of those I had off of my list when I was a child. So, uh, right, right, right. so some of those I'll be revisiting once yeah. we <laughs> the whole waiting. And my father too died in his early fifties. And had he not been oh. the type to just go and do what you want to do, it would have been a more sad situation. Same with my husband. We always made time for travel and adventure mm-hmm. and had that not been the case, it would have been a lot sadder seeing him pass at 61, almost 62 years old and not yet retired. So I think the sad part is, is like I said, my life became a question mark after I was widowed, knowing what my future was going to be, seeing that we were so close to retirement. And then I decided that my hopes and dreams don't need to be banished because Ray died. If I do that, I'm, I'm letting death win twice. So instead I choose not to squander away the days he was denied. People need to just get out there and live. You know, there's a plan B. It doesn't go the way we expect it to sometimes. We can't, we can't plan everything and expect it to be just that way. We've had to make alterations in our in our lives before. They just maybe weren't this big. 
but that doesn't mean that you stop living or stop dreaming or stop traveling or your retirement dream should and can still come true. Don't put it off. Just do it. Right. Yeah. Wow, That was a great statement. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. You're a great guest. Thank you. And uh, our first Midwest guest. We've been looking so long for somebody from the Midwest. Thanks, Julie. And and we've heard so many people moving to the Midwest, especially, I I know, Wisconsin and Montana. Yeah. Yes. I, I had told you yesterday, I, I have a friend in Bozeman that left here. See, a lot of people came out, people our age came out to this oil field. A substantial um, amount of money could be made in a short sure, amount sure. of time. <laughs> so my husband said, you know, we're in this red zone of retirement. We could make 25 years of money in 10 years. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And so we didn't have to do this. We chose to do mm-hmm. this. My friend, Nancy, her husband actually worked with my late husband and they got to leave here and have their dream come true together. And they bought a home in Bozeman several years before they left here. And thank goodness they did, because there has been such a huge influx of people, especially Californians, coming to their area that the prices have just skyrocketed. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. The poor West Coasters, you know, with the fires and the droughts. And, and the price of homes. And the price of homes. So you've got a lot of wealthy folks who... And the taxes. Yeah. The ta- yeah, 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 yeah. The taxes are incredible. So the Midwest is going to really be the boom or already. For that yeah. reason, and also because... There's so many disasters in the East and the West Coast. Yep. Pe- people are moving to the Midwest because there aren't as many. Yeah. 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 Right. Occasional tornado. And thankfully, my lake home is a full basement. Oh, man. <laughs> that nice. wasn't something you saw a lot of looking at uh, at homes on lake properties. Not always. Yeah. And, and that Alaska trip sounds amazing, right. Julie. I, I just, so thank you. I just have one last question about your home. You mentioned yesterday about you have a you're going to put a glamping tent out by the Oh, Ah, yeah, yeah. Just talk a little about that. So one of the things on my bucket list was to stay in one of these wall tents, a glamping experience. So when Bob and I had decided to run up to Alaska last year, I found a place. We had planned to hike a glacier and we did. Right near there was a little place that had those wall tents and it literally opened up and you could see a view of of a little bit of the of the glacier and the mountains. It was just incredible. And we enjoyed it so much. Bob had slept in wall tents in the past, mostly because he he hunts. And when they would elk hunt, they would go in on they do it every year. They go in on, on horseback and then they set up these tents and they camp there and hunt from there. But I'd never spent a night in a wall tent. So we had such an amazing experience with that. There's a perfect spot on our property at the lake in Wisconsin to put a wall tent up and it's not far from the lake shore. So you'll be able to fall asleep listening to the rippling of the water. Wow. We have loons on my lake. If you have never heard a loon, <laughs> it's life changing. Uh-huh. And just to, just to hear those it, it, when the sun goes down, especially in the, oh, oh my wow. goodness. So yeah, it's going to be an experience that we can offer our friends and family when they come to visit. So we're going to put um, a big, queen or king size bed in there. And we're going to put like lots of cushy, like down comforters if mm. it's that time of the year and so cozy. little fairy lights. And yeah. And then the, the opening will open up into, there'll be a, like a little deck off the front and then you're not far from the lake shore. So it, it'll be wow. nice. Yeah. Oh, that's so that'll be magical. Be looking forward to that. On that note, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you. Yeah, it was nice. This is so great. nice to meet you, Julie. You too. You too. All Take right. care. Take Thanks care. Bye-bye. Good weekend. Sure. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you know someone who's relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story with us, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com. And you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Now, if you've liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, be well. Be well.